0: Welcome to episode 31 of the Daniel Yours podcast with today's guest, Dr. Kyle Kochi. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm joined today again by Dr. Kyle Kochi, who is a former classmate of mine for a very short stint that I was in school, but, uh, but we're back. Uh, we got lots to talk about today. So Kyle, thanks for joining me today. I know it's a busy schedule, but I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, man, no problem. Anytime we can uh, jump on and, and chat and, and talk shop, I'll be uh, more than happy to. So thanks yeah. for having me.
0: Of course. Yeah. And just like we were talking about just before we started here, you know, just putting that messaging out there, continuing to like put the stuff out there and, you know, as well, you're very active on social media as well, just to kind of like keep saying the things. And it's not, it's not rocket science, what we're saying, but you got to just keep putting it out there.
1: Yeah. You know what? I mean, the message is simple, but it's not easy. Right. And that's, that's the biggest thing is that uh, I think sometimes we get a little bit too diluted in all these fancy fancy uh, you know trends when really a lot of things can be broken down and made very very simple but again simple not easy it's it's, it's you know it's, it's about you know many pillars that i try to bring into my clinic as well of like a holistic performing better in life but uh, it gets lost a lot of times in motivation prior prior um, uh, you know different things you have obligations towards families, you know, some people are wives and they have kids and they have careers and they got this and they wear so many hats at the end of the day, they're just too exhausted to be able to take care of themselves personally. And, you know, in my opinion, it's it's really about being a little bit more selfish in your life. So then you can be more selfless to others, you know, eventually. So that's kind of my whole philosophy, you know, when it was in personal training and now mostly in chiropractic and like, you know, performance rehab, like to call it, uh, that's my career focus now. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, you got you got to fill your own cup before you can fill others, right? If you can't be your best self, then you can't possibly be giving the best treatment to your patients, uh, you know. And that and that goes for anything. If you're some type of desk job, if you're half asleep at the at the job, and you know you're a lawyer, well, you're gonna make some mistakes, and that's not that's not okay, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent, man. That classic line, uh, the airplane line, right? It's you crown your own mastery from someone else's. It, it applies to real world applications as well. So.
0: Yeah, who take takes on a little bit different context these days with the with the mask <laughs> word, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll try it. We'll try it. Stay away from that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Start with it already. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, cool. Why don't you g- give a little background of, about yourself? Baseball player, chiropractor. Now, give For us me. a little. Give us the the quick story of of uh, Kyle Kochi.
1: Yeah, so I was born and raised in Toronto, or just on the east side of Toronto. Uh, after high school, got an opportunity to go down to the U.S. to play uh, baseball. It's actually my old college jersey on the wall behind me there so I played uh, division one in, in Texas for uh, for you know my undergrad did a few did a few years in Orlando for uh, junior college and then had the opportunity to go overseas with team Canada one summer played for the national team uh, 2009 god that's making me feel old 2009 played with team Canada and then uh, graduated my undergrad in 2012. Came back home, uh, started working in personal training. Uh, opened up a business in corporate wellness around 2014, where we we're doing health and fitness with businesses in Toronto. So we and I still do that online now. But you know, personal training, group exercise. Had a naturopath at one point. Um, massage therapy. Uh, you know, 30-day challenges, seminars, all this type of stuff, just to kind of increase the employee uh, satisfactory rate and keep them more engaged and happy and add value to the company. And you know. Decrease six days all that kind of aspect of trying to improve people at a, at a corporate setting but uh that's been again still been going on obviously covid kind of crushed me there uh two years ago but we went virtually still do personal training we do um uh, group classes online still and we'll do the occasional seminar once every couple of months talking to companies about you know the same thing how to you know make short-term sacrifices for long-term successes stuff like this uh and then 2016 i got back into school for a doctorate chiropractic in North York. And then doing, doing that for again, the four years graduated November 15th, and then opened up this facility December 1st. So, uh, yeah, I just dove in head first and then just kind of figuring everything out after that. So
0: yeah, pretty, pretty full career already. And was that sort of your plan? Like, was that your, your outline from, from everything? I mean, I assume at one point you, you wanted to go to the MLB and that was like within grasp and then things changed.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what, you always have the, the the thought of wanting to move on to bigger, better things for sports. Um, I mean, I love baseball, but I, I love competing as much as I like baseball, if that makes sense. I, I, just, I take that into business and into life myself, personally, is just constantly trying to move that needle forward a little bit with different ways to just improve my life, right? I think, I think a lot of times we're kind of sit in this like six out of 10 hue of just constantly going through our days and, and, um, you know, you know, surviving off energy from coffee as I, as I drink by myself and, you know, not, not consuming the best foods and kind of being rushed through the day. And we're kind of just in this kind of blah state. And there's so many little things we can do to kind of improve that and just kind of live a, more fulfilled have longevity and you know maybe not necessarily live longer but while you're living just be more have a better quality of life so um i just went on a complete tangent there i don't know where we're going with that question yeah <laughs> no 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 it's, oh, it's good. yeah so yeah you know again I, I love baseball i actually played hockey growing up too i, I like that too i was just i was just better at baseball i was tall lefty threw hard um had you know opportunities to go away uh and then my senior year I uh, blew up my shoulder, had uh, labral surgery for those that know that's like the, this, the cartilage that surrounds your shoulder type of thing. And then uh, one of my rotator cuff muscles, my supraspinatus was uh, was torn. So I uh, threw one pitch, blew up my arm and then decided to finish the inning, probably did a little more damage and then had surgery. And then uh, it was about a year recovery. It was tough, tough surgery, actually, really tough recovery. And then uh, switched my focuses. And again, I look back. It was in uh, 2011, so yeah, about 10 years. Uh, I look back and I'm like, that was probably the best thing that happened to me because it made me focus on other things. And could I have been a 28-year-old bouncing around farm teams or independent teams in the States? Probably. You know, I threw pretty hard as lefty, but it probably wasn't a long-term, you know, MLB type of thing. So forcing me to focus more on education, giving back, and figuring out a career that I'm passionate in and I enjoy. It was again probably the best thing for me transition was very tough obviously from uh you know a regular from a, a flat athlete to like a regular joe i mean it was a tough transition for a couple of years but you know you, you figure it out you battle through and you find your passion and you just again dive head first again into it man so uh lucky lucky how things happened and you know my big thing is uh there's a, there's a quote i like to say rob Deerdick, it's like create your own luck mm-hmm. i love that quote because it's like you know what lot, a lot of times from the outside people look at um you know different people making progress and it's you know a lot of times it looks lucky but really in my opinion it's, it's trying to put yourself in the position to have the conversation in front of the right person because you've done all this background work um to make that connection that, that may seem lucky from the outside so i'm always trying to um you know improve my life and at the same time give back as much as i can to improve others
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that the, the there's lots to unpack there, but I think what I want to kind of come back to is the competitive piece because this is something that I experienced with my sort of exit from athletic career as well through injury. Now I didn't it happened much earlier for me, and I didn't reach nearly as high as a level as you did, but it was the same thing where when I kind of when I thought about it later, I realized that it wasn't soccer that I missed, you know, I missed it a little bit, but I missed being part of a team and being competitive and like kind of working towards something and constantly improving. And then, you know, the gym and kind of other things in life, you know, fills that gap and you realize that, oh, that was what was missing. Right. But I think that a lot of people who haven't played sports and a lot of people who don't exercise, like with, with some kind of real intention other than, oh, I'm just going to kind of get my sweat on today and do my thing, which is, you know, by all means it's okay. But Something about this competitive edge from sports kind of translates to the rest of life where you want to keep improving and continue to to better yourself and learn new things and challenge your, your mindset and your body. Uh, it translates a lot into into a lot of really good things in life.
1: Yeah, and that's like the David Goggins approach. For anyone who's listening, doesn't know David Goggins, he's you know one of my favorite follows. I, I try not to repost him too much. His, uh, his language is a little bit NSFW, but uh, <laughs> he cusses a lot. But great, guy. I mean, same thing. is, you know very competitive, and it's hard not to have that translate in other aspects of your life. And again, you know, staying active is not really about necessarily the activity. It's about um, a couple of things for me. One, not looking at a clock for a little while. Two, not having a time frame where I'm just uh, like, so structured and, and deadline with certain things. And then three, doing something that I'm just totally focused on one activity. And my, my mind's not, okay, I got a podcast, Dan at, at 1230. And I got a session with someone at 130. And then by, by two fifteen, I have someone else coming in. And I got to clean up the office between every pit. You know, it's, it's so like regimented that, um, it's nice to have something that you look forward to for one, not that I obviously I love what I do, but something else to look forward to, but something just to turn that brain off. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, I don't think people are lazy. I think a lot of times people just don't understand something that they enjoy doing, right? People may, you know, try a a F45 class and they go, I hate flipping tires. I hate jumping to EDM music. Cool, then don't do that. (laughs) But go for a walk, you know? I hate walking, it bugs my feet. Okay, try spin class. I hate spin class. Okay, let's just do some yoga. Like like there's so many ways to be active that I think a lot of people just, um, one, don't value, that as much as they do other things, but more than that, they, they haven't found something that they're, they're willing to sacrifice other things for, right? They don't value, um, you know, something that, like I said, being active more than they value relaxation, which is again, a very important part of, of your life to turn your brain off. But again, you have to sacrifice that for something else that you value more that maybe you just haven't found yet. And I think that's the bigger thing. So my message is always like, okay, hey, like here's 10 ways to be active. Try one, if you value it, but let's try to create the value here. Here's 10 things. Okay. If you tried the spin class and you don't like dancing on, on a bike, cross <laughs> off the list and don't do it again. Go, go swimming, right? Go, go. Yeah. You do like swimming? Okay, cool. Cross off the list, find something that you like, or at least don't hate, right? Yeah. Because you'll never do something consistently that you hate, which is why, you know, I'm not a big proponent of those 30 day challenges because... A lot of times you'll do these challenges and you'll get maybe get great results, but you hate it by day six or seven. And by third, you're like, "Thank God I'm done this. I'm down 20 pounds." But now I haven't learned about what I enjoy or how to sacrifice things for long-term success, Um, which relates to, you know, many things in life. And the exercise is a great example of how to translate into other successes not that you have to but it's a good life lesson of you know short-term sacrifice for long-term gain and uh you know pushing yourself mentally pushes that needle to other aspects of your life uh, which i think is very important so
0: yeah, absolutely. And, and and I agree with what you said, that there's something for everyone. Like, sure, you know, I like to lift weights and that's kind of my exercise of choice, if you will, but I wouldn't get upset about anyone if their exercise of choice is Zumba or spin classes or aqua fitness or like, you know, do whatever you want, but yeah. just do like do something. And, and, you know, you, you don't want to be too extreme and say like, oh, you have to do something, but you kind of do like, you can't just sit on the couch and, and just be
1: relaxing for for forever it doesn't yeah in things that like you should want to right yeah. you know i mean everyone's free to do whatever the heck they want but um you know you should want to and it's not about shaming people that don't it's about trying to uh, explain to people that maybe don't understand how they can improve it. like having back pain and knee pain and neck pain is normal it's common but it's not normal right yeah. it's like just because you're getting old doesn't mean you have to age poorly right yeah. it's like i see a lot of people i work with are not a lot of athletes, a lot of baseball players in the facility that I'm in, it's, it's an indoor uh, training uh, facility for athletes. So it's, it's, a lot of athletic people, but if it's not athletes, it's still people that, you know, enjoy going for runs and they're in their forties and in their fifties. And, you know, a lot of these people that they're, you know, metabolically, they may be 30, but they, you know, chronologically, they're almost 60. And it's like, you know what, this, these people have been doing it for so long that their bodies have adapted to be, you know, to age very gracefully. And you know what, the, the last, 20 years of these people's lives most likely is not going to be spent with a a, a knee brace or a, a walker right so um to me it's about you know trying to trying to move that needle along of i know i said that a few times today already but move that needle along of just of being more active to uh age gracefully because uh, there's no need there's no need especially nowadays right look at j-lo when she's 52 and looks amazing right yeah. granted she's loaded has people making her food and personal <laughs> yeah. trainers but just goes to show you that Taking care of yourself, genetically being gifted, obviously as well. But there's no reason that nowadays we have the resources to take care of ourselves to live uh, longer, usually, but at least have, have a better quality of life to the latter half of our life.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's that's a very important distinction, I think, because you know, I remember some studies from undergrad and talks about uh, the the avid exerciser throughout their life has you know a greater lifespan of two or three years, which is like to most people like I, I don't you know that doesn't I don't care about that. But it's, it's not about the amount of years that you live. It's about the quality of those later years. You don't want to be, like you said, with a walker and a wheelchair, not able to do stuff, you know, just sitting on the couch all day. Like that's not really, it's not really a life. You should still be able to do stuff when you're 70, 80, 90 years old. One of the best quotes I've heard recently is like, uh, being tired and fat is not, is not a symptom of aging. Like that's not normal. You don't have yeah. to, that doesn't have to happen as you get, yeah. as you get older. Yeah. So, you know, but EA, you got to find something just to increase your quality of life. And then like we've already said a couple of times, and I always say on the podcast is that it's going to help you in everything else that you do in your life, whatever professional thing you do, whatever family stuff you've got going on. It's going to help you in, in, yeah. in any every aspect
1: of your life. And there's a really whenever I do these seminars, I always talk about uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Powers of Highly Effective People, and and it's a very common book, and it's been around, gosh, millions of copies. I think it was I think it was made in the '60s, maybe the '50s. And mm-hmm. for those who don't uh, don't know that, very quick synopsis: It's like he has four quadrants, and the quadrants are every 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 minute of every day you either spend your life in quadrant one, two, three, or four. Just to you know make that a little shorter. Quadrant one is the is the cross section of urgent and necessary, meaning things you have to do to stay alive you have to work you have to eat you have to sleep things that like you have no negotiation about quadrant two are things that are urgent but not necessary or sorry necessary but not urgent so things are like sacrificing for long-term success exercise education financial um uh, investments things of that nature and the quadrant four quadrant three is not as important quadrant four is the cross-section of not urgent not necessary which are things like social media um you know going out late with your buddies, like just things that are just time wasters, which are again important to have in your life. It's important to turn your brain off for an hour or two a day, but it's not important to do that for the 36 hours, whatever the average American watches television for a week. And if you want to if you want to improve your life, if you care about it, you have to know how much time you're spending in these quadrants and start taking time at a quadrant four of your time wasters and putting them into the, your time, that the investment time, the, the, the non-urgent but necessary, I'm gonna mess it, up. yeah, not urgent, necessary, so that you have longer term successes. If, if again, again if you value it, if you're like, ah, oh, there's no time in the day, I, you know, it's well, yes, there is, there, there is time in the day, uh, especially if you break down how much time you spend doing certain things, uh, there is. And there's also ways to be more efficient. You know, for instance, if let's say, um, and and now it's a perfect example everything's online especially you know this podcast with you today is that you you don't have time to exercise well we don't have to go to the gym we don't have to drive the gym anymore we don't have to sign into any 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 gym pass we don't have to change the changing we have to drive home in traffic we can just turn on a zoom class and do it for 30 minutes right even if we don't have any equipment someone will teach you this stuff there's free classes all the time youtube right so there's there's many ways nowadays, especially more efficient. Which time really, really isn't the an excuse. And I had an Instagram post I put up a couple years ago, and it was like, uh, if uh, if you don't have enough time, delete your Netflix account. It's yeah. like, it's, and and it's it's funny, but it's true. It's like people. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty to this as well. I'm not trying to poke at everyone else, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I get unmotivated and, and lethargic for sure as well. But I know that if I want, if I care about what I'm trying to push towards in the future, you know, do my actions align with my goals. And yeah. if it's yes, then I'm going to get there. If it's no, I can't blame anyone else but myself and I'm not using time as an excuse.
0: Yeah. We, we all have time for the things that we value, whatever that is. Like someone who wants to spend three hours washing their car on a Sunday morning like they find time for that because that's what they value. Right. I, I would say, if you told me you got to wash the car for three hours, I'd say, I absolutely have do not have time for that. <laughs> but, but if I, if I wanted to do that, then I would make time for it and, and, you know, insert any activity that you want to do. It just so happens that exercise is, is one that people should want to do or taking care of their, their health. And another thing you mentioned there is also just more efficient choices one thing that I would like to think about is is eating. You've got to eat. You're going to eat two, three times, you know, whatever many times a day you're going to eat. You can choose to eat junk food or you can choose to like eat, you know, slightly healthier food. That doesn't take up any different amount of time in your day. You're just making a better choice. Now there are financial implications and whatnot. And obviously there's a little bit more nuance there, but yeah. you can choose to just make better choices that are not taking up your time. So
1: it's not always about just the time, but the time is there if you want to make it. For sure. And yeah, that, uh, that nutrition is an interesting topic again, because it, excuse me, you can go down a rabbit hole, all these new things, you know, you to know, do keto. you want to be vegan, you want to do this or that. And it's just, it gets more complicated, the more deep you look into it. And it kind of, you know, you know, that paralysis by analysis type of thing. And it doesn't have to be that hard, really. I mean, people have different opinions and dietary restrictions, but you know, if you eat what was made on this earth, you're probably going to do a pretty good job surviving. Um, if you start fancying around with the low fat, the artificial sweeteners, you know, boxed foods, and then you get a little more dicey. And the more you do of that, that the more challenging your body may respond to inflammation and pain and stress and sleep and digestion and recovery and chronic illnesses and yada, yada, yada down that rabbit hole. So yeah, there's a, I saw a a little meme yesterday on, on Instagram and it was like, I may butcher this. I may want to look this up. It was essentially, like say how time is the the most valuable commodity and we cannot, you know, change time. But the one that changes time is life. And the only way to potentially improve your life and live longer is through being more active and healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, interesting. Very interesting way to put it in that regards, because you know the richest people in the world on their deathbeds, like, oh, I don't care about any of the money I have. I wish I was, you know, just younger, changing my youth for all the money in the world. And it's like, well. If you have the ability to potentially, again, you, you, we don't have a crystal ball here, but you know, if you have the potential to, you know, sacrifice, you know, a little bit of time to to be more active or or change the way your stress management is or your nutrition or hydration levels are or whatever the the many pillars of health, and it can really impact your life significantly, or if not impact your life significantly as far as length, like we said, quality during, and uh, you know, limitless ability as you you know age, so.
0: Yeah. Another thought I had heard on a similar topic is like a, an unhealthy person, the only thing that they'll wish for is to be healthy. The sure. rest of us will be out here chasing money and chasing, you know, whatever all yeah. the other things in life they will chase. But the second your health is taken away from you, the only thing that you're gonna want is that back. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of then trumps everything else. That well, sure. if I could have done the things that I that I should have done beforehand, I would have done them. But you know, yeah. now I need to do everything I can, sacrifice everything else to get it back. Instead, We can kind of do some little things, eat a little bit healthier, move your body, sleep properly, you know, these things that don't overwhelm your whole life, but Mm. everyday little actions for for the forever is going to go a long way in,
1: in the long run. And that's yeah and that's like the difference between like proactive and reactive medicine right there's a like mm-hmm. sauce between both of them but i mean i do sympathize people with chronic pain chronic illnesses things that are a little bit out of their control because yeah. you know from from young healthy active guys who have had this installed in our brains before we were able to think right That, think yeah. that is starting early and by the time you know you're 10 years old you're playing sports you're being active because your parents have decided that they value that and they have the financial resources to do so by the time you're able to think you already think this is what regular life is like a lot of people haven't had that either uh you know parents weren't financially able to do that or they had not have that young enough and it's a hell of a lot harder in my opinion to start older when your brain's already fully developed and you're not really thinking about that stuff or maybe your your friends and your family aren't really like that either it's hard to kind of be that one person unless everyone's a, around you and then if you're 40 and 50 and then you're having some degenerative issues or you're on blood pressure medication that's very hard to get motivated when you're you know in the latter half of your life and and I, I'm always always talking to my specifically my my family my parents about that and I'm like listen like just go for walks man like you're in your 60s you gotta just do this stuff you don't need to be like you, you can significantly change the next 40 or 50 years of your life just get like, find something you like doing right actually my 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 dad has come to the uh the office uh, when I was an intern, he was going to see one of the other interns and he's like oh I feel so much better buddy now that I'm getting a little bit of movement <laughs> here. I'm like yeah man like <laughs> come on like <laughs> but so but, goof, that's a, but that's but like, that's a
0: good lesson right because you know you can tell them to your blue in the face and there's a difference between you know when, when it's your own father or your own yeah. family member they always view you still as like a child so there's that yeah, whole yeah, dynamic yeah. but but um you know, he, he, he heard it. He knew the things. Everyone knows the words. Everyone knows the, the healthy food choices from the unhealthy food choices, the, the yeah. obvious stuff without getting into nitty gritty. Everyone knows that they should be exercising and all this stuff, but why don't they do it? Well, you, gotta, gotta, you, got, you kind of got to experience it for yourself and come to those conclusions on your own somehow. I had a similar story. My grandfather years ago had a, not that long ago, had a knee replacement, you know, and had all his rehab exercises and stuff to do the days he would do his rehab exercise, he'd be like, oh, you know, the knee feels good today. I'm like, oh, good. And keep doing the exercises. And then he's like, ah, you know, a couple of days later, it's not feeling that good. Well, did you do your exercises? No. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Then it's not, you know, you're not, you're obviously not doing the things that are going to, that are going to lead to it. But for whatever reason, we all kind of have to like come to these conclusions on our own and nobody who exercises is gonna is be like, oh, I, I hate the fact that I exercise. <laughs> you, yeah. You've never heard anyone say that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And especially when it comes to like a, a, a joint replacement and those are tricky. I've had a couple of knee replacements. And these are actually probably one of the trickier ones, especially compared to like hips, knees and hips are obviously the most common. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to recover from, but it's active care. And a lot of times if you're in the position where, you know, you're a little older, maybe you're a little deconditioned and you haven't really, um, you know, taken care of yourself for a little while and, and, and thus you potentially have this degenerative change change and joint need to be replaced. It's, it's tough. Again, like I said, it's, it's tough to start late. And if you're starting late mm-hmm. you think, oh, my knees are sore. So I'm just going to replace it with metal and screws it doesn't fix the function of that joint it fixes the structure of it and you know uh, orthopedic surgeons are amazing they, they do a great job putting people together but their jobs aren't to once they're put back together and they're you know um, um, safe as far as uh you know risks of infections and things like this after surgery their job is pretty much done and now it's someone else's job like mine to step in and get this person functional but they don't realize that just replacing the joint a lot of times isn't really the end all deal. You got to fix the strength and stability and, and the compensation of your other limb from limping for a while and your nervous system being overactive. And there's so many things that come into play at rehab that a lot of times, you know, like your grandfather and handful of people I've seen for joint replacements already. It's a lot of work, man. It's, it's act, it's active care. Like, you know, I was talking to a patient yesterday and uh, uh, the son just got his arm out of a cast. And I was like, yeah, like day one, you should be in here. We just got to get you moving it's very, mm-hmm. very light. But the more movement we get with a slow progression, the quicker you're going to recover. And like no longer, it's those days where you're resting. Like rest to me for most injuries is the second worst thing you do. The first thing you do is obviously push through a bad injury and make it worse. The second very closely followed by resting. The, mm-hmm. the, the secret sauce is staying active uh, decreasing pain in that in that injury while it's recovering, and keeping the rest of your body fu- strong and functional, so that when you recover, you're in a better place with the rest of your body than you were beforehand. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's the biggest thing that's kind of missed in in my profession at least is this: it's the performance aspect. It's not I have neck pain. It's hey, I have a, a golfer's elbow, and now I need six weeks to recover from it. But hey, let's get the rest of you performing better. So when you're out of this and you're going back to throwing a baseball, not only does your elbow stronger, but now your hips understand how to rotate power better. You're better, you're pushing off your big toe a little harder, you have more core stability. So when you're you're more in, in control of your body during a rotational pattern. So that's the big edge that I'm really trying to bring into my practice, at least. I mean, we, we do a lot of, you know, typical pain management stuff. You come in after you get hurt, but the other half of the business, you know, being the fact that the name is reactive sports medicine is it's, it's reactive, obviously after injuries, but also active, meaning we're trying to prevent injury, we're trying to improve performance, we're trying to do assessments based off of strength, stability, joint function. How much does your shoulder move if you're an overhead athlete? It's Very important. How much do you rotate? Very important. How's your balance on your dominant leg versus your non-dominant leg? Things of like this there. There's metrics to kind of mitigate injury and obviously improve performance, especially during the off season. Uh, is a huge factor in 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 life, whether an athlete or just an, like an average Joe. It's it's important to you know evaluate these things in my opinion um and you know improve performance in life right it's it's not necessarily on the on a field or on a on an ice rink so
0: right yeah well none of these injuries are are very seldom are they super isolated. You have that elbow injury. There's something going on through your whole body while you're pitching. That's like, it's, it's, it's manifesting in the elbow, but there's probably some other stuff that can fix that can be fixed to, to work on that elbow. And like you said, you know, it's active, it's active care, which I think is a really good term for it. The other side of it, what you said is that, you know, it's, it's, you know, you get the surgery, orthopedic surgeon, then it's like someone like you, a manual therapist of any kind to come in. But at the same time, like that patient, they have to do the work. You can't do the exercises for them. You can give them all the tools, all the information, all the education, tell them, show them you know you the individual still have to like do the work to to sure. fix your body right sure. which yeah, is unfortunate I, I, I mean i think we, we all wish that we could just do it for them but yeah. you know it's not the way it works
1: well you know what and that's that and that's why like you know i, I don't want to say i just work with athletes i think it's very like niche and bougie of me but i like to work with people that are athletic mindset i mean like come in here you're always on time you know you're not using weather as an excuse uh you come you come in here and we do the work you're okay to be pushed into a little bit of discomfort because you understand it's, it's a usually good pain obviously if it's not won't we'll modify it we go through exercise like the biggest thing the, the minimum time that i see patients for is 30 minutes and i like 45 minute sessions just because and that's 30 minutes by the time i figure out how you've been doing from the exercises and, and at-home care whether it's you know, myofascial release works, stability works, strength or whatever homework I gave you. I want to see it again and make sure you're doing it correctly. Because again, handing someone a piece of paper and saying, here's your exercises probably is not effective because if you're moving in an aberrant pattern, getting someone to do exercises to fix it, their body and their brain thinks about how they move improperly. And they're just kind of reinforcing a lot of times, bad habits. So getting someone to do it in front of you, a lot of times I'll have this like plan in my head of, okay, I wanna do this and this and this and this. Let's say, hey, let's do it on the floor. And they do it, they go, ah, that feels weird. Okay, cross off the list, let's try it that way. Uh, no, it still feels kind of, okay, let's do this. Okay, that's the third thing. That was gonna be your third thing, but that's your number one thing. And if that's, and if the and if the program is one, two, three, and the first two things are just putting more stress in areas that are, that are having irritation, it's me not doing my job, in my opinion, and them not getting worse or definitely not as, better as quick as they can. So uh, the active care is is a big, big component in in almost all injuries. There's a couple of injuries, you know, you you sleep a little funky and you have a little bit of neck pain, it's more hands-on work. You know, you fall off a curb, you roll your ankle, a little more hands-on work, but, Yeah, you know, recovery is a lot about you know setting the tone from day one and setting expectations of hey, this is what I expect you to do outside of here. And when you do that, you want to come back and see you in a week. And I usually only see people once a week or so. That's when we reassess what happened and give you new things to do. Um, And I find athletes or athletic mindset people they they will do it. They do it really well. And and, you know, I've been lucky to be around these people because they they get better quickly um, because they see value in it. You know, and they have a goal of getting back into sport or life or just want to go for their run and they have a, a race set or they have a tough mutter or whatever the case may be. But they have these deadlines where, like I want to be better for playoffs or fall ball or again, tough mutter race, whatever it is. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, you're right, though, man, it has to be. And I always say my job is 25 percent me and 75 percent you. But my job is to create the. um Uh, create the fire in you so that 75% is not like, here, go do it. It's like, no, here's why it's important. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. Now it's your turn to go do it, not just it's on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That would be, that would be very and that would be very lazy of 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 any practitioner to to do that, but unfortunately, right. that's kind of the norm. And I think another part of that, which I kind of wanted to talk to you about, is that it's difficult to do that. It's it's easy to you know run through the playbook. Okay, neck injury. Yep, this myofascial release, this modality, this stretch, this this, and boom, go, away you go. But now. Okay, we're going to go onto the onto the training floor, and we're going to try all these different exercises. Exercise one doesn't work, but if you've not like kind of been through it and like really take the time to work with that patient, you won't know how to modify that exercise to to find something that's going to work for them. And I think in in my very short time in school, uh, that was very much missed. There was not a lot of focus on on that. It was it was very uh, limited, but you know, not to speak poorly of that, but it just is what it is. Um, but it's much more difficult. And so it takes a lot more time from you, the practitioner, and, and a lot more effort, frankly, to be able to figure out those complex problems, because every person is different. Every shoulder is different, every elbow is different. But you have to be able to assess that individual as an individual, and then come up with a, the plan that's going to work for them.
1: Yeah, man 100 you know what um again there's a lot of great things about uh school and there's uh, this couple tricky parts I, th- I think the trickiest part is that there's so much information to jam into four years yeah. they kind of touch base on a lot of things and because they have to which, which kind of sparks people's interest to go oh that that's that part of chiropractic i'm more interested in now i'm gonna go take you know certifications and get better at it and learn how to use you know, grasp and techniques and use cupping and use acupuncture and get your strength, your CSCS, become a strength conditioning specialist and this, 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 this you know, absolutely. They're, it just kind of gets your feet wet to be like, ah, that seems more interesting. I think we want to focus on that versus if someone came in and did like geriatrics or like infants, I would be like, that's not me. I'm not, let me go find someone for you. Like, I, I don't even want to, I could probably, you know, do an okay job, but it's not my specialty, you know, I, I want to be able to know what I'm good at, know what I'm not good at, and find someone else that's better at their job, and that discipline that's taken, you know, hundreds of hours of extra, you know, curriculum courses on their own to to then help this person better, um, and I would never try to, pretend like I'm a jack of all trades and, and, uh, will uh, you know, get your baby, stop having colic symptoms. And, and, you know, it's, it's just not my thing, <clears throat> but you yeah. know, some people do focus on that and they're very good at it. So, you know, then jump on board, but, um, you know, I've definitely referred people out that I go, you know what, this is just not, this is just not me. And, you know, to, to be a good practitioner, I, I need to eat the ego sometimes and, and give it off to people that are going to serve these people better. So yeah, definitely the, 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 the progression regression aspect of, of, um, human performance and individuals and even individuals that day, you know, some people that have had terrible time at work or slept really Mm -hmm. crap or had a bender on the weekend, like on Monday, they're not going to be the same person (laughs) as it would be if they're clear minded. Right. So that has to be incorporated as well. Um, And I think a lot of it like is, is not textbook. It's, it's, Okay. what like, what drills I want to do? Like I love single leg work. I love split squat. That's one of my favorite drills, but you know, some people, for instance, they don't have the ability to have any kind of support system. I like to do obviously things that are modified, like a, a assisted split squats, a very basic drill I like to do, but okay. You don't have a, you don't have a barbell. doing it. Okay. Hold a chair at home. Hold, hold a, mm-hmm. a couch. Uh, you know, I want to do a, a slider reverse lunge. Okay. I don't have sliders. Okay. Do it in your sock on a hardwood floor yeah. do it with a towel. Like just MacGyver thing, just figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I, especially like, you know, traction drills, I have these thick strength bands and you do traction, sh- shoulder traction is my favorite drills or, or hip traction. And like, well, I don't have a, I don't have a pole. I'm I like, okay, well, what do you have that's supportive? Do you have like a banister at home? Do you have a basement we put on a support beam? Do you have a, a balcony outside? Like just figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like that you don't read the stuff in a textbook. It's just kind of application of, of, you know, theories that you've maybe learned or kind of figured on your own. So yeah, hundred percent, man.
0: Yeah, but it just goes back again. It's like that's what that's what separates I think the the good practitioners from the the less good practitioners is that you can you can figure it out and and kind of work on the fly to understand all the science and all the textbook stuff on a very deep level but also, you know, be able to apply it in the real world with real people that are standing
1: in front of you, right? Yeah, and I think I think we you know, we kind of Touch bases before it's kind of like that that motivation or kind of find your passion it's like those short-term sacrifices like me personally i'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal at all i mean i'm, I'm only a year out i mean i'm still very young in that regards but like i, I love this Like, that's what i like to do like I, I listen to podcasts every day on the way in and the way home I. You know, I, I subscribe to different email, you know, newsletters. I, I follow certain people on Instagram that are good quality um, follow. So I just enjoy learning about it. It doesn't seem yeah. like a task if I'm like listening to, you know, this, you know, science, the epidemiologist talking about certain things on on a podcast. It, it's not a task, you know what I mean? So, um, and that's, I mean, I'm 32. I just got out of Cairo school. So it took me a few years to figure out what I want to do. But I was kind of bouncing around. of like, you know, what I want to do. I had, I had a business degree and then I moved it to general studies and I moved to kinesiology in undergrad and that took four years off and then I took four years to get into chiro school. So I'm like, what do I want to do? Like, I got to figure out life. Like, I don't care if I graduate a little bit later, but I don't want to just do it because it sounds kind of cool. I want to do it because it's something I'm passionate about. I enjoy being here. It's not, a, it's not, I mean, obviously there's certain things that are, are tricky about sometimes, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's a passion of mine. And, and uh, in my opinion, it, if it's not, it's, it's tough to enjoy it, especially when things get mundane and boring and, and stuff like that, that, um, you know, being passionate about whatever you do. I mean, it doesn't have to be car it can be freaking cutting lawns, just love making straight <laughs> lines and lawns and be good at it and you'll be successful. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, that's my opinion about, about that. So yeah, man.
0: Yeah. You're not going to be able to tolerate the, the, the less good stuff about any job. If you, if you don't really love the good stuff about it, right. Yeah. You know, nobody loves doing the admin work and all the whatever nonsense <laughs> no. stuff. Like everyone hates that. Obviously. I mean, I guess there's some people who like it and, you know, good for them, but, but most people don't like it. You just, you would rather just treat patients and not care about anything else, fill up the schedule and just treat people all day long. But yeah. you know, there's, there's more that goes into it, but because you love what you do so much, you're willing to put in the work, the work outside, uh, learning, going to seminars, reading books, listening to podcasts and all these things to continue yeah. to elevate yourself, to, to make it, to make yourself the best practitioner that you can be. And, yeah. and then again, you know, this, I think in my opinion, this goes back to the, the athletic background. You know, you had to do workouts on your own, I'm sure for baseball, there was stuff that you had to do, you you know, your coach wasn't there at at your house, making sure you went to sleep on time the night before a game, you had to do that by yourself. And like years and years and years of this, you, you get, you gather this, this ability to sort of be a bit of a self-starter to, to continue to improve yourself because, you know, you're willing to make those sacrifices for the thing that you want to do, which is play baseball, be a better chiropractor or whatever it is in your life.
1: Yeah, and you know what? You're 100% man. Like, you don't realize it. That's why I think that, you know, whenever I have kids, if I do, if I do, uh, if I do <laughs> no, when I do, um, I think get on the bachelor. It, it, yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll dive into that soon, too. Um, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's very important to get them active young right for cognitive development for the ability to overcome adversity to the ability to to play in a a team environment obviously the physical aspect is very important but yeah you know again like i said before you know you're able to form your own thoughts running around and kicking a soccer ball is part of your life so yeah. i mean to this day i still play men's league softball because it's it's fun to do it's not super athletic but gets me out there gets my ma- mind off of the stresses and, and kind of enjoys looks makes me look forward to a tuesday night so um you know it, it translates to, to when you're an adult as well right so yeah i think it's a it's a big part
0: yeah absolutely one thing building off that is that i wanted to get your thoughts on or, or just have you talk about is is the ability or the not the ability, but the the concept of building a team around you. So in your clinic, it's not just you. You've got a team of people and continuing to build that team out because I guess going back to what you said is you can't be an expert in every single thing. So there are certain aspects of, of the rehab of a patient that you want to offload or not offload, but but rely on someone else to do a better job at that than you do working all together. So talk to me about that kind of like team environment that you've built and are continuing to build out.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it started like again in 2014. I started this uh, corporate wellness business called Innovative Corporate Wellness. And again, we still do some stuff online now. Personal training, group group classes. Got a couple of contracts with a couple uh, insurance companies and a uh, couple companies downtown. Uh, you can still do seminars online uh, every couple of months, stuff like that. So, you know, I just realized that one, I know what I'm, I know what I'm passionate about, and I know what I'm not passionate about, or I know what I want to focus my time on. Like, like I'm not sure I'd much rather be great at one thing or try to be great at one thing than try to be good at many. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, and so, you know, have, having a team where I had a yoga instructor, which I still work with him pretty pretty closely, he's a personal trainer as well. And then I'm like, it's like, I don't, I, I know nutrition. Am I qualified to talk about it? kind of a gray area but it's not my specialty that's find someone who's a specialty and she just he or she just does that found someone who was a great addition to the team had a massage therapist that was there for a while so just build these kind of things just help people out right and and now I mean we I opened the door December 1st so I'm still trying to you know with COVID still trying to navigate this a little bit want to be mindful of, of potential roadblocks down the road um, but uh, yeah having other like practitioners in here is a is a big part of it and it, and it helps everyone and, and, and the main thing it helps is the people that need the help you know someone comes in here and my 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 skill set is limited to you know my scope and what i learned and what i've been keep learning but maybe they need someone else who's a little bit more of a osteopath or maybe they need someone who's just like, again, maybe some kind of sports psych. Like, I, I want to have a team around people, a team around me of specialists that are really good at what they do. So, one, the person's coming into the right place no matter what's going on to have the proper professional deal with them. And two, have interconnection between disciplines, which help everyone in general, you know, but first and foremost helps the patient because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to succeed with everyone because maybe my skill set isn't the best for them or my, my um approach or my mannerisms aren't the best with this individual so you know you have to make sure that and i think one of the one of the biggest overlooked aspects of performance in rehab is 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 expectations people come in here with good mindset have a good connection with them i know they're going to leave feeling better Pretty much, no matter what I do, they're gonna feel better because it's a good connection. They feel good to come in here. They're excited to come see me. They they look forward during the week, and they know that oh, this is the time for me to be selfish and go see Kyle. But it's important to have that good relationship in, in any kind of like setting that's that's you know um, more you know personal and more um, trustworthy. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Okay. My, my, my phone's connected to my laptop. Yeah. Uh, it's important to have like that connection, right? You need to be able to have some really mm-hmm. trust and it. it doesn't have to necessarily be your physical, it could be your trainer, it could be your, your physio, whatever the case may be. But yeah, having, having a team is, is always a goal. I mean, I love Cairo, but I want to be able to have a team and, and, and build around me and, and grow. Cause, um, it's just important in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The trust is a, is a huge portion. And and again, tying everything back in here, the the patient, the person, they have to do it themselves. So if they don't really trust you and believe in you as a practitioner or a trainer or a teacher or whatever, you know, term you want to use, they're just not going to do it. There's not going to be any buy in there. Maybe that's a little bit different with some pro athletes because, you know, it's their job. And so they're just going to do whatever the guy tells them because they got to get back out in the field, but you know, yeah. most people are not that. So they need to, they need to believe in you as a, as a person first and foremost, and then you can you know
1: demonstrate your knowledge and actually really help them. Right. 100 man 100 percent. yeah that, yeah it doesn't matter how, how good we are with adjusting and and soft tissue work and and using these modalities and and but it's if they, if they walk in and they don't trust you right it, it's a huge huge difference maker and that that uh that relationship building is rapport building is huge and honestly from a business aspect which you know we haven't really talked about a whole lot you know i want to create rapport with you because i want to care about you but too like, i want to I want to be busy. If I don't if <laughs> I right. see me, I, I can't open up. I'm going to close down if people don't come in my door. So it's important to make you trust me and it's important to build rapport because it's important for you to talk about me because I want to keep growing. And if I can't grow, then I'm. I guess shrinking yeah, <laughs> and not, Yeah, well, it's like, not long and, and you're not getting better and you're not going to talk about me and everyone that walks in the door, I expect them to get better, but I, I, but I want them to be walking billboards for me and I want them to talk to me at Thanksgiving. I want them to talk to me with their friends and their coworkers. So, um, it's important for everyone for, for the rapport building as well.
0: Yeah. And there's, and there's shortcuts you could take to probably be busier. You could just, you know, you could line up your clinic and just have, you know, three appointments every 20 minutes and just crack, crack, crack everybody and out the door. And, you know, yeah. you probably make it a lot of money and there's, you know, people who do that and, you know, whatever, but, yeah. but that's not, that's probably not the best way to do it. So, but the way that you do do it with having this very holistic approach, this whole human approach to like really taking care of the person, it's going to all, it, it may be a little bit slower up front on the business end of things. Like you said, you see people once a week, you're not signing people up to see you three times a week for the next, you know, 15 years. Like that's yeah. not, that's not how it's done.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what? Everyone have diff everyone has different approaches to things, right? I mean, my my that's definitely not my style. I know a couple of my good buddies that, that run it a little bit more like a like traditional, for lack of better words, car office. Mm-hmm. And you know what? People people get better and, and mm-hmm. people see value in it, and people still enjoy it. Again, it's not my outlook, it's not the way I'd run things, but there's many ways to skin a cat. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, there's not one right way. There's, I mean, there's definitely a bunch of wrong ways in my opinion, mm-hmm. but there there's, there's not one right way to, to, to skin the cat. Right. And if people do it that way and they get, at the end of the day, if people get better, that's, that's number one goal. Right. But, uh, you know, in order to take my background of what I believed in before getting into school and apply what I believe in with my extra certifications and knowledge that I've gained, plus the schooling of CMCC, I have to see people longer. Or else, I feel like my job, um, at least with my approach, isn't um, the best for the clientele and the population I deal with. Right. So, um, and I and I do like you know every every time I'm at my desk obviously right now, we I sit down and they're across the desk and we talk for five minutes about how their week was. You know how how are they doing? You know how is how is you know their their exercise and how is their sleep and how is their hydration and what kind of like lifestyle goals do we have? Not just how's your pain. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, how's your pain? It's feeling better. Okay, good. What have you done? The three questions I ask every time I see someone is, how'd you feel leaving? You know, sore, tight. I feel better. I feel whatever. How'd you feel leaving? Second question, what have you done since I've seen you? Which is the most important question. So it's what have you done in the last seven days? I've done have you done your homework? Okay. And I just, I don't remember most time with the homework is so I scroll down and go, okay, what'd you do? What was your homework? And they say this, 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 this. I go, awesome. You go show me it again they do it. I go, okay, cool. Let's, let's try to just change the angle. Maybe that, that, that's, that fiber is a little bit better if you're rotating or the is this way. Cool. Awesome. Other three things look great. I'd modify that. Now we do the exercises and I go, you look good there. Let's make that harder. Try try this way. Let's go to this degree of, of, of shoulder abduction or let's go whatever the case may be. And that takes time. It takes yeah. time. And, and, and usually I'm late because I don't like to look <laughs> the clock. I don't wear a watch. I don't like the clocks because Maybe that's a, a downfall. I probably should, but uh, like I don't want to rush people. I want to make sure that we're doing my job adequately. And to me, it just, it just takes time to do things. and I don't want to think like I'm rushing people. People are playing, you know, premium to be here. I don't want to say like, that cause rushing me. I know this is a time where you re- decrease your stress, stress hormones. I mean, I, yeah. I have uh, like, I keep my diffuser running for the most part in the corner there all day. I always keep music on in the background. You know, I try to just create a, a good environment for someone to enjoy their experience here.
0: Yeah. And and that's obviously very important, you know, have some downfalls if you're, if you're too late, obviously, but I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's, it's, you know, it's within a couple minutes here and there. Yeah. And it's mostly a headache for you. you. Like you're probably more nervous about it than anything. Cause even if you are, you know, a couple minutes late here and there, people know that you're going to give them the time that they need in that next appointment. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it all, it all kind of works out. But one thing yeah. that you did touch on there and you, you kind of mentioned a couple of them and it's interesting that you kind of, not interesting, but it's interesting because this doesn't seem to be the norm, but you mentioned, uh, you know, the sleep, the hydration, the pain, and these are sort of some of your seven pillars of health that you operate your clinic by. So yeah. r- run me through those because it's sometimes people use these things as marketing and they just, you know, they don't actually care about it, but yeah. you know, it sounds like this is, this is, yeah, this is on your website and it's part of the whole thing, but this is also genuinely how you approach patients.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like the seven habits, I mean, and it's, it's on my, uh, the business card that I that I have here i up actually pulling out here to show you. So there's like seven little yeah mm-hmm disciplines in the corner. So manual therapy, education, hydration, nutrition, adequate sleep, movement, and then just proper breath work is mainly my, you know, the seven I focus on And, and some of them apply to everyone, some of them apply only a couple of them, but you know, anytime you, you know, work, I'm traditionally speaking for chiropractic, we think manual therapy, right. And, and ed, ed, education too, is a big part of it, but um, those two pillars are usually mostly thought about, but um, pain is such a complex, multi, multiverse thing that, you know, pain isn't stubbing your toe. If you stub your toe it's like ow that hurt pain is not is not a a how you receive it it's how your brain outputs it right? right and that can be why some people's pain tolerance are extremely high some people's pain tolerance are extremely low and that can relate to a thousand things but even things like quality of your sleep affects pain Significantly, right? There's a there's a you know big correlation between chronic uh, pain and then uh, poor sleep quality or like sleep apnea things like this. Because if you're not giving your body the the, the ability to recover, which is you know when, when you're sleeping for the most part, uh, or you know at least one big pill, you're not giving yourself a fighting chance to to really get out of that habit. And It's a way more complex than just saying it like that. But you know, and, and also hydration. Like I'll, I'll I'll put my hands on on some guys, especially men for the most part. I I, I feel their backs and I go. You're really stiff. You're really stiff. Like how much first thing in form how much water are you drinking? A, a lot or a, a good amount. How much is that? Like one of these. I go okay. How about <laughs> one of these every hour? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 uh and that's it's simple things, right? It's it's um and the, one of the analogies I like to talk about is like a sponge. If the sponge is 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 uh, dried up, it's hard. If it's got water in it, it's nice and full. If there's 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 a uh, Uh, you know it's more pliable so again not a direct correlation but being more hydrated helps with pain and again breath work breath work is huge and i think it's i think it's starting to gain some traction or a lot of people are saying this wim hof method and Mm -hmm. and and things in this regard where uh it's talking about breath work but um without getting too much of a rabbit hole here is is just you know learning how to breathe comfortably through your nose and not just breathing in your mouth and, and, and people are stressed. And the best we look at is the Blair Witch, Witch Project. That movie where it was the camcorder. You hear people breathing and they're very stressed. How are they breathing? They're breathing heavy. They're breathing short. They're breathing frequently, it's, right? Like almost yeah. like a dog. It's just really, really uh, out of breath, right? It's that short and that's that stress response. And if we learn how to just breathe through our nose, which is generally deeper, slower and not as loud, It's, it's a really good way, an easy way to activate our, our parasympathetic or our real nervous system, which even things like that affect pain. Uh, even just learning, one really cool tool, we, won't, we don't wanna to waste too much time here doing it, but one of the cool, cool things I like to do is, is we'll test someone's hamstrings. And people that are watching this, I would encourage you to pause it after this and try this. Just test your, I would call it hamstring stretch, even though it's not fully hamstring. So try to reach the ground, and see how flexible you are. So if you take a quick note, maybe you're touching the ground with your, your middle fingers, maybe your palm to the ground, however far you are, if you sit down on the ground and you breathe through your nose and you try to breathe into your belly and not through your chest, and if you do that slowly, again, there's different, different counts, but like three seconds in and a nice slow three seconds to exhale you do it for a minute and you go retest your hamstrings, I can almost guarantee you they're about 15 to 20% longer because all you're doing is decreasing, decreasing stress in your body. Yeah. And the stress and pain are also related, which is can be really influenced by breath work. So um, it's, it's multidimensional and you can really get down a rabbit hole with all this stuff, but, um, yeah, man. So I know we just went off a little tangent there, but yeah, it's, it's very important, man. It's, in my opinion, it's, it's it, at least if you want to improve performance and, and, uh, and, you know, just feel better and, and have better energy to the day and stuff. So
0: Of course. Yeah. The breathing thing is very important and I, I agree it is getting more mainstream with Wim Hof and, you know, unfortunately it takes like some fancy stuff you know, guys to climb, climb Mount Everest naked for us to learn how to breathe. Like, <laughs> With you no know. Shoes on, yeah. 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 So, I mean, whatever, it, it takes yeah. what it takes, but yeah, but yeah it, these are all just like little things that we need to, we need to put it all together. Right. And it takes conversations like this. It takes people like yourself teaching it to to, to everyone that they can to, to sort of get this mainstream and so that we can all just be a little bit healthier. Right. It doesn't, you don't need to do these crazy breathing protocols for six hours a day. Like that's not what it takes. It's like, yeah. can we just breathe normally? So we're not, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so we're not doing exactly. that all day. Long in this crazy stress response, just breathe normally, right? And 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 I say normally, it's not normal because most people don't do it, but it should be yeah. ha- how we just yeah. breathe properly, as our default properly, setting yeah. properly.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, really cool that that nasal breathing, it's it's usually when you're breathing through your nose, you're forcing air down, you're forcing your diaphragm down, which is getting more blood in the lower part of your lungs, and and about two thirds of of the volume of blood in your lungs is, is in the bottom half. So if you're not filling up your lungs. With air to the bottom half, you're actually missing out a lot of oxygen exchange during that uh, gas exchange in, in your lungs. Which again, if you're not breathing as deeply and, and properly, um, you're not getting as much oxygen to your blood, which means your blood isn't being pumped out to your body with adequate um, nutrients, should I say, and or oxygen is probably a better word. That you're just not, you know, optimizing that. Right. And, uh, and even that itself is, 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 uh, an influence on, on pain and and, and energy and and everything like that. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can, we can continue to talk about that for, for probably another hour or two, (laughs) but, but, but it's like, this is just a very simple thing that once you learn it once and you can do it, it's going to, it's going to not going to save the world, not going to solve all your problems in your life, but it's going to solve a a bunch of problems. That's going to make everything else a lot easier.
1: Yeah. And in a disclaimer, I mean, granted, this is not, uh, you know, trying to cure diseases or trying to, all is, is influencing your nervous system and you have two main nervous systems in your body and it's helping getting yourself out of that fight or flight, that kind of mode that we're usually in when we're kind of on, on this high alert, which is where we are most of the day and just gets that relaxation based, um, um, Again, breath work is one of the easiest ways to do it or most efficient ways to do it, should I say. Right. Yeah,
0: just set, setting the body up for, yeah. for success a little exactly. bit. More. Exactly. But in in the interest of, of time a little bit, I know you've got, we're running out here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit more, What what's next for reactive sports med? Like what, what do you got coming up down the pipe? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, real a couple of things I'm really excited about. Um, first and foremost, I got, um, I got connected with a very elite um, travel ball organization in Ontario called the Toronto Mets. So I'll be opening up a second office in Richmond Hill uh, to work uh, in-house with their baseball teams. They have a, uh, about five or six baseball teams at different age levels. Awesome. So I'm excited to be there. I have a second office there. Um, and then, you know, split time between the office here that's more Toronto-based and then the one that's in uh, Richmond Hill. Again, still, th- those guys will be, you know, all the baseball players and, and their families. This a little bit more of my guys you know from toronto got people coming from a little more of the west end so i'm really excited about that um and also again there's space to grow here so i really want to get a massage therapist in here as soon as possible i'd love to get another manual therapist in here it's just in my opinion it's more important to find the right fit than it is to expand um and again with covid you know thank god we've been allowed to be open uh, that's a whole nother uh wormhole from it down but um I've been, it's, it's awesome that we've been a lot of practice this whole time. Um, we just got, I got to navigate carefully. I mean, things are getting busier here for me, which is I'm very lucky and blessed for, and I'd love to bring someone on board, but it's, it's just gotta be the right fit, the right timing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to really get uh, a couple of practitioners in here and then the big thing I'm excited for is, is get up in Richmond Hill and, and work with these baseball players because uh, it's an opportunity to, you know, for me, it's full circle. I, I From 2012 when I graduated, I probably talked about baseball for another year, but then after about 2013 till now, I really talked about the conversation of playing baseball, getting hurt, going overseas. Like I was, it was a different life. And now like I'm, it's full circle. Now I'm in here and I'm working with these baseball kids. And it's like, Hey, what is that? And I go, oh yeah, you know it's 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 full circle, and it couldn't be a better fit. I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to to give back in in a market that I understand and a market that I've been through, and and so not only can I help these guys, you know, perform better, get out of injury, uh, pretty effectively, but I can also explain to the process of hey, like when you're going down there, like this is this is how it is, mm-hmm. and it, it's very hard for people that haven't done it to explain it because. It's a whole new world. And uh, it, it forces you to sink your swim mentality. It forced me to really learn how to prioritize things. And sometimes I did a good job. Sometimes I didn't, <laughs> but force you to prioritize things. You know, you're at 6 a.m. workouts, you're in the class four or five hours a day. You're on the field in the afternoon for three or four hours. You know, I was down in South Texas, it was burning hot. So it just, it just kind of calluses you a little bit, right? You just kind of understand yeah. how hard you can actually work. Um, and they always, they always preach that, you know what, we're trying to make you into better people, not better baseball players. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully they did that with my, with me, yeah, Well, um, no, those,
0: those, those kids are very lucky to have you because like you said, it's not just, it is about playing baseball and being a very good baseball player, but it's also about how do you conduct yourself as a human? If you're breaking down, you can't figure out how to, how to eat properly and just like navigate your life in, in Texas or, you know, in whatever state you end up or wherever you go, like that's going to take away from your ability to, to perform on the field. Yeah. So, you know, they're lucky to have someone who's, who's been there, been through it and, and can give them all the sort of the intangibles that you're not going to learn, uh, yeah just just yeah. by playing
1: baseball yeah i appreciate that man and, and this is the first year i was being graduated where kids in our facility have actually gone down to school so i had, had a couple NCAA athletes that left you know last week or two weeks ago and like i was like hey like you know what let's let's talk like i'm working with a couple elbow and just a couple shoulder guys obviously and uh i was like hey man like just let you know like this is a massive change in your life like just buckle up you're gonna have highs you're gonna have lows some days you're gonna feel amazing, you're gonna be a great baseball player. Then you have two weeks when you couldn't hit a hit a hit a ball to save your life. Like you're gonna have great people you like, you're gonna have people you hate in your team. But just 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 dive into it. And and the days you feel like quitting, realize that this is an experience for the next four years that you'll never be able to explain to someone else unless these guys. And I'm like, I've been in old roommates' wedding parties. I'm going down to the U.S. Open next year with a couple of my old roommates from Oklahoma that I've seen in five years you know you'll make these friendships and these bonds that are irreplaceable that you, you gotta just buckle up and it and it's kind of hard for them to go there because yeah I'm going, to, I'm going to Florida to play baseball and you go there and your parents drop you off and you go Okay um I don't have a car I have a hundred dollars a week to, to feed myself I gotta cut I gotta freaking do my own laundry. I don't know how my, my dishes don't clean themselves. So it's, it's a really big transition, but at yeah. uh, any sport, it doesn't be baseball, but that transition in the college, even like, you know, if you go to Ontario school here, it's still a big jump. You know, you're in a dorm room, you're still budgeting yourself. You're still learning how much, you know, you have time you can put towards studying versus take care of yourself versus maybe hanging out a little later some nights. So it's, it's a huge jump, but uh, again, I, that, that to make full circle, that create your own luck thing, man. I'm very, very lucky to be in the position to, to give back in the, in this something that I'm just I just care a lot about you know um, and I, I care a lot about them and I care a lot about growing because I want to be able to give back and I want to be able to have a team that that provides services that are better than other people. And that's just that's just my goal. So
0: of course, yeah, and I mean, just by that that little spiel you just gave, I mean, you're obviously very passionate about it, and that's going to translate into into all the care and and whether that's like actually treating them or just like shooting the shit to say like, hey, this is what the next you know couple of years of your life is going to be like. It's going to be very impactful for for those people, and you know, extrapolate it again that again to to your patients and just whatever people have going on in life. It, to start a new job, go to a different a different school, move to a new city, you know whatever it is. These are all like big changes and you've got to be prepared both physically and and I think it starts physically. If you're not if you're not healthy, if you're not, you know, physically prepared to be able to handle that change, then other things are going to you know that's going to get in the way of kind of uh succeeding at whatever it is that you're doing.
1: Yeah, especially that jump between like I think I think between my when I was playing and now, fifteen years, it's a pretty big jump of like you know facilities. Like there was nothing like this that I was in before, or having like a practitioner in the facility. So it's it's getting closer to U.S. um metrics, but still it's a big jump. You know, yeah. you know, running every day in the morning, I would never did that, and I was like, oh my god, it's a pitcher, I don't run five days a week now. So like it just, <laughs> it's just it's a jump. But um again, man, I'm trying to do my best to get back. Not only to baseball players, but just. Understanding how bot, how the body moves and, and, and incorporate the metrics of biomechanics and, and physiology and whatever they demand or whatever their passions are, it, it could just be life. And again, one of the one of the quotes that uh, I'd say is like you know every, everyone's t- like, as an athlete in life, right? So every everyone has the ability to perform in life, um, you know. And, and the better prepared you are, the more adequately you are. Again, with all these pillars that we discussed today, um, you're putting yourself in a better position to be successful, to be more energized, to just live better and age gracefully and and that's that's the thing like who cares what sports sports are going to end They ended for me you know luckily i I got pretty far with it but they ended and end for everyone even Mm -hmm. if you play professionally that like you know what's after that is is still this the pillars to be successful in sports or or exercise or finance or family you know whatever you know especially for family right who who wants to have grandkids and not be able to you know bend over it and chase them right exactly It, it could be like that even something that simple so
0: it's everything. It's everything. Beautifully, beautifully said, man. Well done. Um, congratulations on, on everything, the opening and, and everything that's coming up next. I'm very excited to, to follow along and see whatever, everything that's coming up. Where awesome. can people find the clinic? Where is it located in Toronto? Give us the, the contact info.
1: Yeah, so I'm at 1400 O'Connor Drive, um, which is essentially Bermondsey O'Connor, which is like East York in uh, Toronto. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out to me on, on Instagram. and Instagram handle is its.kyle. Um, or again, you contact me directly on the website, which is reactivesportsmedicine.com. Um, ca I lied. ca and uh, or reach out to Dan. Right, I'm always I'm always interested in talking shop. If like you know people reach out to me, I'm never gonna give them the cold shoulder. Obviously, you know I'm not gonna try to diagnose someone on a direct message on Instagram, <laughs> legally and morally. But you know, feel free to reach out to me and, and talk. I'm always looking to try to help people. Always looking trying to expand, and and uh, those are the best way people can contact me is uh, the website or, or through my Instagram. If I'm not treating patients or or you know doing stuff like this, I'm I. I it's a bad thing, but I live on this thing. So yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm not with someone, I'm on it. So uh, people can reach out to me, and then yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This this hour just you know, you get in that flow state, and it just flies by. So
0: yeah, it's always crazy how how fast it goes. Uh, it, it blows my mind even still, and I'm sure it will for for forever. But yeah, yeah, thank you again for your time. I'll put the the contact info in the show notes as well for everybody. Uh, we'll make sure we get that that .ca right in the link works. Yeah. But
1: please guys, going got look now. Is it .ca? Dot- yeah .ca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, just sure. Perfect, uh, perfect, man. Well, Thank but you so for having much, me, man. I'm sure we'll talk soon. I appreciate the uh, the time. So
0: absolutely, thanks everybody that's for it. for listening as well. I appreciate your time and attention as always. While you're at it, give me a follow on Instagram at Daniel Yoris. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And that's it. Go be healthy. Be a good person. Have a great day.